Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So resilient. I, I get this little thing in me because I grew up, great Christian family, many of you know my story. Went to good Christian school until we didn't. And then I went to Westmont and man, just messed me up even more. It's in Santa Barbara, good Christian school. Now they went woke. If you give money to Westmont, you shouldn't now. If you're the president of Westmont and you hear this, don't go woke, bro, you go broke. So my own Christian school, hiring people that don't believe in Jesus, hiring people that don't believe in biblical principles, values, putting in some very interesting uh, same-sex philosophies. You know, I'm just like, what is going on at my Christian school? Now, I'm not judging whatever they want to do, but take the Christian off Westmont if you're going to do that. Don't be a hypocrite because it bugs me. The one thing about me, you're going to know where I stand. You know, I was so hating my life at one point because I was one foot in the world, one foot in the church, one foot in the world. And I realized I'm just going to church because I'm so hooked on that honor your mom and dad. And I know this is important to them. So God and I had it out. He sent Pastor Jurgen. I figured it out. And now we're here. But that doesn't mean I still like all Christians. I'm trying to work it out. I'm be being honest. Uh, barely, like 50-50 on pastors right now. So it's a daily thing. I gotta, I gotta just, you know, crucify the flesh. I gotta pray for myself every day. It's a journey. But, but when I see, when it talks about, the Bible's talking about being bold and courageous, I can get on board with that. When I, when I hear what Jesus did for me, it gives me some boldness to be courageous. Where I used to be embarrassed to talk about it is because my life sucked, so I was embarrassed. But now that I see and I'm around and I've watched people that have been healed. I've watched people been set free. I've watched marriages restored. I've watched all this amazing fruit. I love watching Christians that are bold and courageous. So when I meet the ones that are seasoned, we're talking like 20 years, but their life hasn't changed in 20 years, it bugs me. Like it's, it's bothersome to me at the highest levels. And so this, just so you know, Awaken Church, it's fresh, real, and powerful. We heard that. We're gonna keep being fresh. We're gonna keep being real. And we need it to be powerful. Yeah. Yeah. To be a resilient church, we need to know how does, it, to be a resilient church, if we're the body of Christ, we all make this thing up. That means we need to be resilient. That means if you're married, our marriages need to be resilient. It means if you're a mother and a father, then we got to raise up resilient kids. Because there's a world out there that's crazy. So it's amazing that we can start to have these conflicts that come up. Conflicts in marriage, conflicts in business, conflicts with a fellow believer. We can have conflicts between pastors at our own church. But let me tell you something. How are we going to be resilient if we can't just learn to have a conversation? What I want to teach you in, in Amos 3.3, it says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? See, if there's one thing that men and women can agree on, it's that we're different. 
if there's anything I've learned in 17 years of marriage, I process completely different than my bride. And I'm not trying to process like her, and I don't want her to process like me. We need to help sharpen each other and learn how to sharpen each other without slicing each other's hands off. Now, how do we sharpen one another as fellow believers? How can we have a conversation together when we see things and we bring them up without everyone so offended? But then we preach on, don't be offended. And so you think as much as we preach on, don't be offended, we'd be like, we don't get offended at Awaken. No, no, no. Every prayer meeting, every time I read through the book of miracles, I see some offense in there. Every time I call in with pastoral care, check in with the Williams. Hey, what's going on? I'm more offended people. What? And we preach on offense all the time. It's really, how do we engage in conflict and understand it's actually good for us? I want to talk about it. Now, one thing I'll say is, you know, pride breeds arguments. So we got to understand, we got to put pride in check all the time. So always check yourself before you wreck yourself. Have a good thermometer on pride because the Bible said pride comes before the fall. And I don't need any of us falling. It says wise men listen to one another's counsel. Do you have other people with fruit that can give you wise counsel? But this is what I've learned. See, there's going to be conflicts every day, whether it's in business, life, church. We got to learn to flip the script on it we got to understand disagreements, discords. They're going to happen whether you like it or not. But I want to teach us how we can flip, how we look at these things, how instead of just being disappointed in disagreements, we can reframe it. So I'm going to take us on a quick journey. You're going to pull out those phones. You're going to take notes. If you have connect groups and you're in a connect group, I want you to talk about it. You're going to process about it. It's going to be something you're going to chew on for probably the rest of the season because the, the whole series we're in is a wonderful life. If you don't know how to handle conflict, disagreements, you aren't going to have a wonderful life because you can't get away from them. But if we can reframe it and just talk about it and learn how we can be each other's advocates and iron can sharpen iron and sparks can fly and we can sharpen one another and bring out the greatness in one another, guess what? We will be a resilient church. If we don't do this, we will turn in on each other and just fire arrows at each other. We get critical. There's no room to have a critical spirit in this house. The two spirits I can't handle, a religious spirit and a critical spirit. A critical spirit comes out of a religious spirit. I have a pastor. He speaks into me. We have really good conversations. We do the same for our people. We want to pastor one another. And guess what? It's not always in agreement. But there is always growth. How do we build big people? When you're in the gym, guess what? You're throwing weights around, and if you just keep throwing around the same weight all the time, you're never gonna grow. But as you put on the weight, you rip up the muscle, you're gonna grow if you have the right elements that go with it. So this is what I wanna talk about. Here's the new view I want us to think from. From disruption of order to outgrow of diversity, meaning can we use this as a moment of growth when we have conflict? Can we grow together in conflict? Number two, a battle of position to an understanding of needs. See, if there's a conflict, you've got to understand it comes 
from a need that must be met. We gotta meet this need. There's a need. There's no conflict unless there's somebody that has a need. And if we don't pick up what they're putting down, then we won't have an understanding. So we got to have going from battle position to an understanding of needs. Number three is an isolated occurrence. This is what I'm saying. The view now is it's an isolated occurrence to being part of a relationship. Conflicts happen. It just means we're doing life together. We can and we should talk about our ails, what's hurting us, and turn them into blessing. I love Dr. Brian. He was telling us in counseling, he's like, Couples that don't fight worry me. Yeah. Well, really? What do you mean? He goes, less what? Your marriage is working if you're fighting. Holy cow, man, our marriage is epic. <laughs> you know, it's like, shoot. But I love this quote. A person needs three things to be truly happy in this world. Someone to love, something to do, something to hope for. See, I know if my wife and I have something to achieve, we can get on the same page about it. And we know if we can get unity in our life, God commands a blessing. See, achievement comes through agreement. Where there is disagreement, we're not going to achieve much. Anybody been there before? See, agreement isn't someone telling you your truth. Like, sometimes you can agree to disagree, and it's okay. It's not, agreement doesn't mean your truth, your truth, and then you have to compromise your truths. We're gonna line it up with the Bible. But it's amazing how people think if they, if they you can just agree to disagree. I've just had many conversations, I'm gonna agree to disagree, but I still love you. We're still gonna go do life together. Let's still build the church together. Let's just work this thing out on a journey. But it's amazing, you gotta give room so God can get in there and do what God only can do. You know that, I don't change hearts. My wife's not going to change my heart. There's only one person that can change my heart. That's Jesus. And so I want to give us some tools for that because Matthew 18, 16 says this, but if he who won't listen, take one another or two others with you so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. It's amazing when we live in such a high-paced, critical microwave world where we're going, 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 the power of social media the power to cancel something, the power of influence, the loudest voice wins. Who can scream the loudest? That's not what the Bible says. If he won't listen, take one or two others with you so that the, by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. You know, I like to have people with wisdom around me. Let's not be the church that reacts all the time. Let's use wisdom and discernment and see how things land and speak wisdom into people with fruit. Check the fruit, the Bible says. See, there was this interesting, uh, I went to go get my, you know, how many know there's a lot of potholes in San Diego? We pay a lot of taxes. Why I hit every pothole? I mean, I've sold nice cars because I was so sick of going through tires. I don't want 22s anymore on my car. That's a lot of money. Saying to myself, I could buy other toys. I don't need to go pothole looking. It's like I drive a car, it finds a pothole. I mean, I pay taxes, fix the roads, people. So I go in, you're cracking your three-piece rim. I was like, don't ever give me a three-piece rim again. I go in there, I'm like, now I need all new tires. And the guy says, you know what, honestly, uh, <laughs> you've hit too many potholes, you need an alignment, Dr. Matt. 
Oh, no, you're telling me I need a lot. Well, I can tell you tires, but if you don't fix the alignment, you're going to keep coming and need new tires all the time. So why don't you just get new tires and the alignment so you actually can get the value out of them? I said, oh, man, Holy Spirit. You know, that's kind of the problem in your life. You're hitting too many potholes in your life due to alignment issues. So all the way to Yuma last night, God was showing me all my alignment issues. I thought by the time I got from El Cajon to Alpine, I'd be fine. No, El Centro, still dropping them. Yuma, still dropping them. At my river house, still dropping them. Laying there, still dropping them. Lord, how many misalignments do I have? Well, you're going through a lot of tires right now. It was amazing that, see, if we just pause long enough, get quiet from the noise long enough, the Holy Spirit will start to point out misalignments from potholes in your life. Agreements and alignment are important. And so what I want to tell you, here's some factors from potholes of misalignments that I learned last night. See, when we don't know the goal, exactly. If my wife and I don't share our goals, we're not in alignment. If my wife and I don't have our roles identified in parenting or business or finances, or we don't know each other's strengths and weaknesses and we don't consider them because we're selfish, then we're not going to be in alignment. See, in every relationship, whether it's business, whether it's dating, whether it's marriage, whether it's church, whether it's serving on a team, you are bringing the best of you and you are bringing the worst of you. Have you ever sat down with someone and had a little talk about expectation therapy? What do you expect from someone? Or are you always walking on eggshells because you don't know what they expect of you? So you don't want to hurt their feelings. You don't want to offend them. And then we just live a compromised life. So if we can just get our shared goals together, if we can share our roles together, what our weaknesses are, what our strengths are, not just your strength finders. Here's my top five strengths. What are your weaknesses? What's your pet peeve? What irritates you? I didn't know, like, this would have changed the game, but I'm in now. Two years into marriage, my wife's irritated all the time. What is your problem with me? You chew your eyes. It's my number one pet peeve. Well, I've been chewing my eyes since I was seven. I don't know if I can stop now. Find a way. What do I do? It's amazing. We'll be out to dinner having the most romantic thing. My first chunk of ice I bite into, her face changes. Like, do I repent? Do I keep going? Do I double down? <laughs> Depending on the mood, she knows what mood I'm in. If I just look at her and I grab the full ice and start chomping, it's not a good date night. <laughs> Dr. Brian is next week. But she knows if I spit the ice out and I just smile, I'm like, I'm done with chewing ice. It's going to be a great night. But I didn't know that going in. Now I know these things. Number three is plan and processes not identified to include ground rules for dealing with conflict while going through the process. Here's what I want to say with that. Meaning a lot of people plan for the good days. No one plans for the conflict days. What do you do when there's conflict? You don't plan for it. What if we started planning for the conflict? Every new business I do, I have an exit strategy. Everyone goes in with rose-colored glasses. Everyone's pumped. We're going to be millionaires. We're doing this deal together. It's going to be awesome. Man, three months from now, we'll be rolling in our new cars, matching Teslas. 
First conflict, we're out. Why don't we plan for it ever? Holy Spirit's like, just plan better. If we could just talk about those like we talk about the good stuff, but have a plan for the other stuff, life gets better. Do you have a playbook for disagreements? See, when you're misaligned with somebody, how do you know? Do we just keep trying to cover up the potholes, but we have an alignment issue, and we keep pretending the alignment's fine? The Bible talks about it all through over. So how do we get in alignment? You know how we get in alignment? We take a step. I broke it down for you. Ready for S-T-E-P? It's going to be quick. And then I'm going to get to my points. I haven't even got to the good stuff. I am pre-framing this thing real quick. It's taking a little longer than I like, but... How do we get in alignment? We take a step. Number one, S, spiritual growth. Closer walk with God. You don't worry about this person. You don't just get a closer walk with God. Can you hear him? Last night, loud and clear. Spiritual growth matters. You cannot be the same person spiritually you are today if you want to be a big person and be resilient in this church. If you want to do big things for the kingdom, if you want to see your life change, then guess what? Spiritual growth has to look like something. If you've never led a connect group, let's start leading. If you're a man and you're on a team, let's lead a team. If you're leading a team, let's lead a region. If you're leading a region, let's all, there's no ceiling except the ceiling you put over your life. And it starts with spiritual growth. How is your walk? In a noisy world, sometimes you got to take a drive to Yuma. Step, T, team, significant relationships. Who can you count on? I've taught goal setting. Well, I've been doing goal setting since 1997. I've been teaching it intentionally since 2007. Started off just, I thought, you know, my profession needed it. But when I became a pastor, I'm like, ah, I just, we need to teach it to my people. But the difference is kingdom person, purpose way more fun, way more alignment. So I cut that other stuff out. I'm like, man, I just want kingdom goals. That changes the game. These people are like fire with kindling. Let's go. Passionate, purposeful, build the church, build the kingdom. I can goal set with those people. But let me tell you, your team, your team of who you do life with matters. Your significant relationships are going to keep you in a healthy place, mind, body, and spirit. Who you align with matters. If you didn't learn anything during COVID, you better have learned that. Your tribe is important. I'm telling you. We got to redefine who's our team, who can we count on. Number three is energy, high level determined by managing areas of importance. Meaning, I always get this thing, Dr. Matt, you're so busy. Listen, I just have a philosophy. Everything can't be important all the time. Everything can't be important all the time. So what do you invest your energy in? What you focus on expands. If you're feeling drained, it's because your energy is all over the place and you're not focused on the things that are most important. Focus your mind, focus your spirit. Get around people that will build you up so then you can operate out of overflow. If they drain me, it's done. I don't have time to be drained. Amen. I want to be around big people that can inspire me to be around me. Sure, I'll go pastor people, but I know I'm in and out. 
but I'm not gonna do life with people that suck life out of me because I'll have nothing else to give for those that wanna be led. Who you, how you manage your energy in a rhythm and a flow matters. Understand that it's important for you to do the God calling on your life. You gotta manage this energy. And number four, the part of step is productivity. You gotta have a pursuit of goals. Agreements bring productivity. You can't hang around parasites because they will suck life out of you. You hang around productive people that are chasing God, you'll wanna chase God. You hang around connect groups that bring life, they'll infuse life in you. And even on a bad day, you'll get it right. So here's my four points, are you ready? Oh Lord. Aligned agreement involves shared vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no vision, which means no revelation of God or his word, the people are unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. Some verses say, where there is no vision, the people perish. But I'll tell you, where there is no revelation on God's word, they cast off, they don't care. You need a vision. I'm gonna take it, and I'll say it live, IG, Facebook, if you don't have a vision for your life, you'll do dumb things. You gotta know that vision for your life is super important. So aligned agreement involves shared vision. My wife and I, listen, there's some alignments that we gotta get right. Vision in Hebrew means direction. Are we going in the same direction? I have friendships that our vision is different, our direction is different, I no longer can do business with them. Now, are they still my friends? Of course they're my friends. I had to stop one of my most fruitful businesses because of a misalignment, but I knew God pointed it out. And I thought I was being fulfilled, but guess what? We were unequally yoked and it was causing this inner conflict in my soul. And God's like, you want peace? Then get rid of alignments that aren't having the same vision, the same direction as you. The most important one is your family. The compromise is my family, I'm done. See, without the right vision, you have division. Without shared vision, it's division. There's division in your home, I'm gonna tell you, it's because you don't have a shared vision. Listen, it goes back in Genesis to the most dysfunctional family. I mean, there was dysfunction with Adam and Eve and their kids, we get that. But the most dysfunctional train wreck family was Isaac and Rebecca. They did some weird stuff. I'm not gonna read it tonight, but go read it because you're like, is this true? Put some hair on some people. I mean, it's just weird stuff over money and greed and power. But one father, the father favored one son, the mama, another one. That division is still a problem in the Middle East because they never got in agreement. That's how big this is. One family that didn't want to get on the same page because of the division that's still affecting our world today. Think about how important it is. It's that important. So whether it's in business, marriage, and life, how do we get alignment in our vision? Three ways. You ready? ready. Applaud the vision. You sit down. You make it plain. You and whoever that is, applaud the vision. Find out what it is and applaud it. We're on the same page, baby. Maybe that's in your circle of friends. What is the vision for your life? Maybe you don't know how to find it. You need to pray about it. But then get agreement around that vision and applaud it. Number two is nourish the vision, meaning fill the tank. 
Sometimes there's a vision and you just hard charge and you go and you go and you serve in church and you serve and you serve and you serve and then you look down and you have three miles on your Tesla left and no charger. Because you were so focused on serving, you forgot to nourish the vision and your life got sucked out of you. You gotta nourish the relationship. You gotta nourish the vision. If you just drive until the wheels fall off with no plan and you burn yourself out, you're stuck on the side of the road because you didn't nourish it. What is another way to say that? You actually have to celebrate your wins. You have to celebrate life. My wife and I celebrate little things because if I won't celebrate the little things, I'll get too busy and I'll miss the big things. Celebrate the little victories. What are they? It doesn't have to be about money. It doesn't have to be about that. It just means celebrate. What is that? Could be a glass of wine. Could be a walk on the beach. What do you do to celebrate? What is your ritual to celebrate? It's so important. Your celebration is nourishing your soul. If you don't celebrate, you will run dry. Number three is clarity, clarify the vision. See, people fail to clarify along the journey. How do you manage the journey? My wife and I had dreams. You know, we've been married 17 years. The first five years, we're like, yeah, we're going to do that. And then we have kids and now three kids. And if we didn't stop for a second, listen, when I had a baby girl, how many know I had to stop, grab my wife and go, I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> if you don't know, we had a baby boy shower. Everyone, we, boy, boy, boy. We were told boy. Three different ways to Sunday, boy. I had mustache party. My wife had the best Mustache, boy, toys, everything. And I'm on Twitter going, yeah, yeah, she's coming down. And then all of a sudden, he came out. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and my wife saw my face. We had a home birth. She goes, what's wrong? We got an innie, not an Audi. <laughs> and I'll never forget the midwife goes, no. Because she was so focused on my wife, she wasn't even looking downstairs. The other nurse, she looked right at me and looked away because she saw what was going on down there. I was not emotionally prepared, mentally prepared. Nothing can prepare you for a little girl when for nine months you thought you were having a boy. I'm still not prepared. She turned 10 and it was like PTSD. So we had to re-clarify and manage the vision. My whole life changed. I had so many plans for my boy. This is why I know God gave me a girl. He knew I would have been too hard, too hardcore driver, too like discipline, too goals, too this, you're playing this, you're doing that. I had his whole career planned out. <laughs> he was gonna be a race car driver. The only thing, I had his kid, I had his baby cart on order with aero carts. Like I was ready, like starting a race team, my first baby boy, my last name, my legacy, we're going all the way downtown, Charlie Brown, let's go. Mm. And then the girl came out. No plan whatsoever. Manage expectations, babe. Pull it in. I just gave birth. Can we do this tomorrow? <laughs> of course we can. But a lot of people started with the plan for their life, for their business, for their, but they haven't changed and clarified along the way. What started as one dream might have changed over the years. Are you and your bride or your friend or your business partner back on the same page? I started as in the parking lot at C3, no intention. I was just trying to test it out and see if I like Christians again. Now I'm pastoring a church. I'm going, what is going on, Lord? We got to re-clarify. 
some of these rules. Vision and direction hold it together, but clarity is king. Psalm 133. There's only one or two places I can find in scripture where God says commands a blessing. For where the Lord commanded the blessing, even life for the evermore, is when we dwell together in unity. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. Sure, you can do stupid things, but guess what? Unity is way more important. I've said certain things. I've done certain things. But you know what? The revelation is I'm not going to, it could be all good fun, but if I see unity starting to get disunity, fall on a sword. Nothing's more important than unity. Because guess what? I got fear of the Lord more than I got fear of anybody. I don't give a rip what a man says, what this says. I care what my pastor says. I care what the Holy Spirit says. And if it creates division, you create unity immediately. Because guess what? I want to be living under a blessing the rest of my life. I'm not going to sacrifice due to pride a blessing over my life due to something stupid I said. So that's why I can fall on a sword real quick, real fast, and it doesn't matter. Because I'd rather live under a blessing the rest of my life. I don't want a ceiling put over my life because of whatever I say. It doesn't matter. Get self-correct, redirect, clarify, redirect. Know that there is importance with unity. Get in unity with your bride. Amen. Work it out. Be under a blessing. God commands a blessing where there's unity. If you've got a business partner, get back under unity. Figure it out. Talk about it. Number two, aligned agreement involves shared values. Bad culture destroys vision. Don't tolerate it. It's the number one thing I've seen. People ruin their life over misalignment and values. Values create direction. We have to start having deeper conversations. This surface stuff, oh, she's pretty. Be done with it. What are her values? What are you gonna believe when it comes down to certain things? We got to talk about it. When life hits you, what are your decisions going to be made? I separate. We, we're the church. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about Roe v. Wade. We're going to talk about marriage, relationships, abortion. We're going to talk about it all in love. But what is the biblical truth? We can't shy away from it anymore. We got to talk about biblical values. And it's not to shove it down a throat. It's because we love people that we want them to walk in healing so we don't have to clean up a mess from the lies of the enemy. But bad culture, listen, if you put, everybody knows this, even if you don't own a fish tank, you just don't throw new fish in a tank that has seasoned vets in it. That fish will go in shock. You have to acclimate it. You got to get it cultured so it can handle it. Your culture will kill you if you're not careful. You know, I, it, with pain, you know, parenting, are you spanking or doing timeout? Corporate punishment, timeout, I don't know. Is it your job? Is money the final thing? Do you hate your job, but you like the money, but it's eating your soul? You need your jab or the job? It's all values. If we don't just talk about them now, we'll be forced into a corner to do things we never wanted to do. Let's just talk about them. It stirs up conflict, but it's healthy. Luke 6.31, just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. Galatians 6.2, carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Winning teams carry a culture. Our church carries a culture. Our culture will determine how far this church will go. 
That's why we can't compromise it. We're fresh, we're real, we're powerful. We move in the Holy Ghost. We believe in miracles. We see people get healed all the time. I told my mom to leave her church just recently because I was so sick of listening to what her pastor was saying about nothing. And guess what he preached on Sunday? His assistant of the church flew up to Bethel, got radically healed. She's been struggling for 15 years with a debilitating disease. She would lay down on the floor. She worked 15 minutes at a time. His assistant, the pastor, got radically healed. He grew up in a Pentecostal church. Because of it, he went to apologetics, which made him critical. He then saw his assistant get healed. The Holy Spirit was talking to him last week. He wasn't sure what to do about it. And then some woman, he doesn't have a charismatic church, let me tell you that. Some woman jumps up and starts screaming in tongues. And he's on the front row and he was shaking. And then all of a sudden one of his elders stands up and interprets it. So this last Sunday, He repented to his whole church and said, we're a spirit-filled church. We're going after the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you something. Because of an offense, the enemy used that offense to take him out of his values. Deep down, he know it took a shaking of his values to get back into alignment. And now I get to eat crow and gladly call him and say, dude, I'm so sorry. I told my mom to stop tithing and stop going to your church. But dude... I'm so pumped right now. I just listened to your message. I'm high-fiving you. I'm sending everybody I know. Do you need support? Do you need help? What can we give you? We've been walking this road a while. I will gladly eat crow to love up on my pastor. Number three, aligned agreement means shared philosophy. It says, Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. As I land this plane, listen, alignment, agreement, shared philosophy. See, you can have the same vision, the same values, but the wrong pace and it won't work. You got to understand this pace determines the partnership and the purpose. Your pace matters. In Amos 3.3, I started with that verse because that's what unwound my whole life. Okay, I'm a ride to Yuma. It says, can two walk together without agreeing to meet? Let me tell you. One, it tells me agreement happens when we meet. Agreement happens when we walk. And if you've ever done the three-legged race, you know, if I tied my wife's leg right here, it doesn't matter the direction. We're going the same direction. Okay, we have the same vision, the same direction, the same purpose. If we can't figure out how to get on the same page and the same pace, we're never going to win this race. This is how important pace matters. Which pace comes from your philosophy? What do you believe? 2 Corinthians 6, 14 says this, Do not be yoked together with those that do not believe. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? Don't be unequally yoked. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty. 28, 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, from my gentle and lonely in heart, and you will, you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen, some of you are tired, and it's because you've been being dragged. The pace is off. 
as I open up the altar tonight, whether it's your philosophy, your values, you've lost your vision, your pace is off, I need God to hit a reset tonight for us to be a resilient church, to do life together, to conquer big things. We're going to be 16 campuses, but we might be stuck, and I need some of you to step up to be a campus pastor one day. Maybe some of you got worship leading on the inside of you. Maybe emerged man, you know you're supposed to be a captain, but you're just stuck. Tonight's the reset. Last one is, I finish on this verse. Aligned agreement involves shared victories. We gotta win together. We gotta celebrate together. Hebrews 12, one says, therefore since we, who? also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let us lay aside every hindrance in the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down. Listen, this is an us thing. We are a brother's keeper. We got to look after one another. We got to learn how to do conflict well. We got to do how to do life well. We got to have each other's back, even in disagreement. We got to learn how to build big people together. Don't be ticked off in connect groups. Talk about it in connect groups. Don't let friction take you out. Let friction build you. Let the heart get healed. Philippians 2, 1 through 3 says, if then there are any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, a united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Let's start having the God bless them attitude. I don't want to live in a divided country anymore. God bless them. Bless your boss. Bless your spouse. Bless my wife. I want to get in alignment with his name. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to understand, this is corporate. When we come to agreement together, this is why. Matthew 18 says this. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about any matter, how many matters? any matter that you pray for. It will be done for you by my Father in heaven for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there among them. There's two promises in there. He's gonna answer whatever we ask for if we can get on the same page corporately, whether it's corporately in your house, husband and wife, relationships, business, or in this house. If we can get on the same page, we can make sure that we get connection with the Lord and blessing from the Lord. If we could all stand while I pray. We're not gonna miss out on blessing in this house and we're not gonna miss out on connection. Some of us need to be healed in our mind, some in our heart. We gotta be big big people, so we gotta learn how to love big. We gotta let our heart enlarge. Some of us have taken on offenses. Maybe it's in family. Find out, take inventory. Get unity in your family. Don't let the devil take us out. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you tonight. As we just open this altar right now, for those of you that need to be healed, you can come down to this altar to receive prayer. But God, I just ask that you poke on some areas that need to be poked on. 
Lord, that you reveal some things like you did in my own life. Course correction, a reset, whether it's finding our vision, our philosophy, our values, or celebrating victories together. God, I thank you for those victories. Let us be a church that celebrates in your mighty name. God, I thank you, Lord. Let us think big and dream big and come together in unity and declare things. We declare healing over our land together as a church. We come in unity. We declare San Diego is set free. God, we say California is restored. God, we thank you, Lord, that this isn't an abortion state. That, God, we stand our gown. We speak the truth in love. We celebrate those, God. But, God, I thank you for those being healed tonight, mind, body, and spirit. God, I thank you for that word. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you for the greatest pastors that can speak life into every single one of us, that care about us, God. Lord, we thank you for all the things you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.